Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to swarm the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks these guys are brave! They're Hawkeyes, living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their point, but they're still Hawkeyes! They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska! The Frost Advisory is cancelled! Corn huskers, more like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go, Hawks! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks. That's your Hawkeye Oasis located in a Nebraska desert. For those of you that are watching on YouTube right now, there's no introduction needed. We have former Iowa Hawkeyes running back, Albert Young. Mr. Young, what's going on? Not too much, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Oh, we're, we're excited about this one. <laughs> it's not It's not every day we get one of the, the third leading rusher in Iowa football history to uh, come on the show with us. And I apologize if I seem a little confused. Uh, you two were off and going on the Internet Highway, and I had to kind of run to catch up there to get in the car. So anyway, we'll see what we can do to, for me to uh, get caught up to you here. But Albert, it's great to have you. Tell us what you're up to these days. Uh, right now, I'm the running backs coach at Wilkes University. Um, right now, I hit a recruiting trails, and also I have my sports performance company here in in the Philadelphia, South Jersey area, training all athletes and doing my football training. Uh, just a joy being around the game. So, all right, all right, Albert, I um seen a pretty sweet T-shirt you have on there, and I want to make sure we bring that up before you know Jerry and I have really you know short memories and short attention spans, so we want to mm-hmm. hit that right away. Tell us about that shirt. Oh, this is my RBU shirt. So I have the running back university. Essentially, it's just my running back performance training and uh, just just decide to brand something, make some T-shirts for the guys and for people to purchase and uh, just something fun to do. 
So, right. so some of our behind the scenes technical guys, Albert said that you share quite a few uh, videos online and uh, where, if our fans want to follow those, where, where should they look for them? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at underscore Albert Young. And you can also go to RB underscore university. That's on Instagram and Twitter is just a dot young, a D O T Y O U N G. Or just type my name and it'll pop up. Okay. Okay. All right. So tell us more about Wilkes University. Uh, you know, what's the, uh, you know, where you're at, what's the, uh, you know, the, what conference, where they play, you know, kind of help educate some of us Midwesterners that maybe aren't familiar. Okay. Well, we're located in Pennsylvania, about two hours outside of Philadelphia. It's a smaller school, D3. Uh, we play at a good conference. It's called a MAC conference, Mid-Atlantic conference. Uh, we actually get quite a few players from all over the country and, we actually had a kid from Idaho out not too long ago because in the Midwest and particularly down South, you don't have as many D3 schools. So I'm actually recruiting kids out there in that area, just having fun, playing ball, coaching ball. All right. Nice. So nice. Albert, let's, let's, let's hit the rewind button and go back here a little bit back to your right. recruiting process. Um, yep. You had a little bit of an interesting, interesting journey to the university of Iowa. So walk us through some of the schools that were really hot on your trail and mm-hmm. what made you end up eventually choosing to be a Hawkeye? Uh, well, the first school that comes to mind is going to be Wisconsin because I originally committed to them. Uh, I also had Boston College, Miami, a bunch of schools. What, made, what brought me to Iowa, what, what, what had me decommit from Wisconsin, which was probably a dream school for me at that time because – because of Ron Dane and the mm-hmm. New Jersey running backs they had. So that kind of reeled me in when I took my visit. But after meeting Coach Daryl Wilson, who's now coaching at Wagner, who I'm still in communications with, and Coach Ference and the staff there at Iowa, um, it was just a win-win. The opportunity to get in there early and compete and play. Iowa wore the same colors as my high school team. And just my visit at Iowa was just awesome. Um, that, that that's what won me over. And then obviously we're good. Yeah, yeah. So who all would have been in that running back room at Wisconsin? I think that would have been Anthony Davis. And were there any other names then as well? Mm-hmm. Or you know, Anthony Davis was my host. There was Booker Stanley there. Brian Calhoun came in a year after, but they had they they had a loaded backfield. It's not like you're really too concerned or worry about co- competing mm-hmm. it's just that there was like six of them <laughs> and <laughs> i didn't have as many so it was just like ah so but everything yeah. worked out for the best um i was where i was supposed to be a lot of the thing a lot of things there was synergies with Iowa. okay sure know, where i was coming from yeah so take us back even a little bit further coming up through Mo- is it morristown is that how you morristown. pronounce it yeah, not yes. to be confused with Morristown, but Morristown, no, New Jersey. No, don't confuse that. <laughs> There's a big difference between North Jersey and South Jersey. Yes, there is. Yes, yeah. there is. And yeah. um, so take us come, coming up through the ranks there and uh, kind of talk to us about, you know, growing up and uh, how you developed your love of football. Did you play other sports or, you know, what was your background like as you came up through through the uh, through high school? Yeah, so growing up, I, I played all sports, baseball. Uh, I was I had some pro tryouts for that in high school and wrestled all the way up till high school. I even competed in Olympic weightlifting, 
Uh, so I was really active, played basketball, but then the height stops freshman mm-hmm. year. So I, yeah. I made a business decision on that one. <laughs> but <laughs> but so I was multi-sport athlete, and um, football was the one I chose just because it was just always a dream of mine since the third grade. Now, mm. I remember when I made that up in my mind, the exact moment, um, playing on a playground at South Valley Elementary. And then I was just like, I'm better than everyone. I had my Florida State shirt on, and I was like, I think I'm going to be good at this. So uh, that's when I made up my mind, and that's what where it took off. Florida State was, like, so cool back then. I had a Florida State jersey, too, and I, I'm ashamed of myself for wearing it back then. Man, I wore that shirt, like, every other day, man. I, <laughs> I was upset when they didn't offer it. That, that, that was the one school I was really, like, I wanted that offer, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so when you look up the history of Morristown on Wikipedia, and we always know Wikipedia is exactly correct, right? So, anyway. <laughs> mine, mine is off right now. So, and, and I'm not going to change it. Well, just, so, we, just to make a point. There we know. go. Where, where, where Morristown is concerned, though, you know, looking down the famous personalities that have come from there, it's got a pretty strong football history. Um, mm-hmm. you know, at least who they listed was Javon Kurz, Donovan McNabb, Freddie Mitchell, Terrell Owens, the Runyon junior and senior, and um, even Steve Sable of NFL Films. Is that all pretty accurate? Did any of that See, have, an, have an influence on you? Or? Um. Those guys are listed because they were Eagles, and a lot of the Eagles lived in the town. Oh, they, so they were not, residents at one time. They were residents, so uh, I guess more sound threw that on the list as well. <laughs> uh, but but we have um, Letty Robinson, who literally um, lived on the street. I, I grew up on across the street. He was a Hall of Famer, played for Vince Lombardi, offensive lineman, a teammate of mine, Derek Faulkner. He wound up to play receiver with the Eagles for a little. Uh, we're big on lacrosse at my high school. Mm. Uh, probably the, the girls' sports probably dominate. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we have some good athletes throughout the school. It's, it's a great system. Jerry, you ever play lacrosse ever? I have not. I've got relatives that live in New Jersey that play, but it's 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 big out east more so than it is here in the Midwest. Yeah. That, uh, the way know. the way they sling that ball around, that would smash me right in the face. I'd be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am yeah. not built for that kind of sport whatsoever. I should probably mention field hockey too because I'll probably get a hard time for not mentioning them as well. Well, you, got, you know, and if you went to Iowa, you got to mention field hockey. We got a great women's field hockey team. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. All right. So anyway, since I got that one wrong, then we'll continue on. But we just uh, uh, interviewed uh, Tarek Holman not long ago, and he talked about the New Jersey pipeline. And did any of that mm-hmm. have any effect on you with the players that had already come to Iowa, or were you pretty independent when you made your decision? That didn't have much to do with it, but I think I, I might have had something to do with the next wave of guys because uh, then you had Sean come in, Mike Daniels. So I, might, I guess I'm the – older statesmen of that generation now. Uh-huh. But um, I knew about Bernie Wyatt being in the area and recruiting heavily. But what brought me there was that we had so many guys in my class going there. Iowa was booming. I, I remember exactly when I made my final decision with Iowa. We were watching the Orange Bowl, and C.J. Jones took the open and kickoff back. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And at that moment, James Townsend, who became my roommate, he played at Holy Cross Delran in Delran, New Jersey, which is down the road from me. He called me up and he was like, we're going to Iowa. And it was simple <laughs> as I was like, all right, let's do it. And that was it. And then Iowa got blown out. But uh, it, it's just funny now doing recruiting and seeing how the smallest things can influence you and knowing yeah. how much effort coaches put in to get you. Now you're kind of like, I'm like, now nah, I see why the Wisconsin coaches were a little salty, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it can be, it can be anything. Albert, during your time with the team, uh, pull us in. What were some of the guys on the team that you really hung out with in your off time? And what were some of the places you guys would like to go, maybe grab a drink or get something to eat? Oh man, we, we, We've been through the ped ball, ped mall enough. Uh, <laughs> my, my guy, my guy is uh, Calvin Davis, uh, Champ Davis. I don't, I, they're all my guys. Chris Brevy, those are some of my closest friends. Eric McCullum, Herb Grigsby. Okay. Actually, I, I kind of I hung out with with everyone. Mm-hmm. How and how how was Drew, how was Drew Tate? Because we've had Drew on a handful of times. He's a fiery guy, and we're big fans of him. He's a great dude. Uh, just got an assistant. Uh, he's the quarterbacks coach yep. at UNI now. So mm-hmm. congratulations again to Drew. What what was Drew like? What was he like to hang out with? Man, you know what? Me and Drew just actually started communicating more because we're both coaching. So oh, okay. I'll I'll send because you be you're realistic with the recruiting process. Mm-hmm. I know when a Division One player that I have that I'm training, you know, mm-hmm. I, I pass them on to my boys. So uh, me and Drew are in touch. I actually talked to him yet. Maybe today. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So that's great for him. Drew, he reminds me a lot of Brett, a lot of Brett Favre, actually. Really? Um, just, yes. Just his, just his demeanor. They say gunslinger. He, they're very similar, like personality wise, how they carry themselves. Okay. Uh, Drew is somebody you'll run through a brick wall for him, man, because you know he's going to do that himself. So let's talk about Brett Favre real quick, because Brett's been haunting the Jerry's household for many, many years. Jerry's a Bears (laughs) fan. Got him up behind me, man. Yeah, yeah, I know that picture's awesome. What kind of guy? What kind of guy was Brett? And um, if you see any gray or uh, maybe just a slight, you know, beauty mark or two on Jerry's face, they very well could have come from one of Brett Favre's touchdowns against Jerry's Uh. Bears. Man, Brett. Brett, like I said, he's similar to Drew. <laughs> Brett, it, it, it freaks you out a little because you looked up to someone like him and idolize him. And I, I'm a big football historian, so yeah. when you you practice with somebody like that, you know you little at all. But then you see how normal he is. Like Brett's thing was, he would always steal my. He had a thing for taking my lotion. Like my being like, I'll be like Brett, get your own. He'll be like, oh, like this right here, man. So like, but Brett is just a guy's guy, and uh-huh. uh, there's so many great stories with him. Like he always he always has your back at a team as a teammate. Put it that way. Cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, you know, and as a Bears fan, I got to admit, even though he owned us, I, you had to respect him because he just loved playing the game. You could tell. And uh, was, he as, was he as much of a character as what they always see on TV, you know, when they got him mic'd up and he's making the jokes left and right mm-hmm. about left-handed mm-hmm. footballs and everything else? Mm-hmm. Is that exactly the, how he is? He's the guy with the towel psh, snapping <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, well, did that just give you – 
he, yes, he that that's him a hundred percent. But awesome. it's all business. He operates at a different clip. The second we got him, the way we broke the huddle, even at the NFL level, I remember him walking in with just sneaks, you know, sneaks turf shoes, and he hears the play and he ran it off because it's all West Coast and. Mm-hmm. We, it was like, how does he know the playoff? Like, he called it off, ran it. The way we broke the huddle, we're a better team. Mm. Yeah. So, so uh, contrast that then, you would have been in the same running back room with uh, Adrian Peterson then as well, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yes. What was a, what was AP like behind the scenes? You know, he kind of seems like he maybe is a little bit more the, the opposite personality, but, you know, what what were your impressions? Oh, man, AP, that's my guy. Um, his work ethic is it just – on another level, like I always say with Adrian, especially as a running back, because we all visualize things before you do it. And then I seen my first NFL game was at Cleveland when he made that run where he just threw dude, did all that, to have that energy and still be able to finish a run like that. I said, this is the one guy that can actually do what you visualize and fantasize about physically, and he can um, just an unbelievable athlete, um, and a Hall of Famer. He runs yeah. angry, like yeah, mad. They don't, they don't like the nobody wants to hit him. No, and he's still him. like, I, I, he was still like on a practice squad as of this, this season, I believe. Or am I wrong on that? Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah. still hanging he, around the I think league, he's still playing. Yeah, he, yeah, he can still play. I think the watching thing was more of they had young backs and. You know, it's not like they left on bad terms there. It's just kind of mm-hmm. as you get older. That's how I look at that situation. Can he still – is he a top three back on any given team? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so were, were you an Eagles fan growing up then, Albert? No, I was a Marshall Falk fan. So whatever okay. team he was on, so I was a Colts fan, then the Rams, and uh, never got into the Eagles. I was always that guy that liked to see – other teams, them in, them in agony because how the Eagles fans are got a kick out of people being uh, pissed off the next day in school or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> are, are, are Eagles fans really that bad in person? Like what we hear the stereotypes of? I mean, it, they, yes. it's, yeah, it gets pretty ugly, huh? Yeah, but they're passionate. It's better to yeah. play for passionate fans than people who don't care about it. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of love it. They're, they're, <laughs> they're hilarious. I mean, when they when they boo Santa Claus, like just like they don't put up with any crap. Like you know, they want a winner, and if you're not going to give it your all, and you know, come out bleeding in a bloody mess, then you're not a Philly. You're not a Philly guy. Like they don't want you. But if you ball for them, they love their yeah. former Eagles in the area. Those guys, you know, have a good situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I again being a Bears fan, but. For Viking fans out there, we got to give a shout out to Chester Taylor too. I think he was playing about that time as well. So that, you know, and he 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 was pretty good running back for him too back in the day. Chester, that was like my big bro, man. Good yeah. deal, good deal. Well, we better reel this back into your time at Iowa here. We got we got ahead of ourselves, but um, you know, take that into your you know your first year. Then you get to Iowa City. You know what's you know what are your first impressions and what was kind of your welcome to the Big Ten moment, whether it be practice or a game or whatever it may be but when did you realize you were at the next level for uh, in college football um i would say i, I was i was well trained coming out of high school mm-hmm. um but like in game was 
I always say this story. I, I talked to Anthony Schlegel to this day. We played like our three non-conference games at Iowa. This was my um, the year I, the, the, when I had that big year. Um, I ran a play and boom, I hit it, and Schlegel hit me, and he didn't move. It was like a wall. And then I was like, "Oh, this is the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. I, that that was my welcome to the Big Ten. And then I was like, "All right, I got this now." But uh, that w- that was it. But just when you the, the crowds, just the fanfare, probably at Iowa on simple things like our open practice days, like giving autographs and stuff. It's like uh, it's like I'm pro here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just everything, just just everything that. That's within the program, like that. That that's when you know you at the next level. Albert, take us into the that 2005 Capital One Bowl. Um, I, that was my first Iowa Bowl game ever, and I always mm-hmm. say there's always that one moment as a sports fan or a Hawkeye fan where your team really puts the meat hooks in your heart, and you go from a fan maybe to a super fan, take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. That that day really did that for me. Took me to the next level. Now bring us into that environment, what that game was like, because that was a really back and forth game, a, an emotional roller coaster. Nick Saban's last game at LSU. Uh, pull us into that environment and what that was like uh, playing there at the Citrus Bowl Stadium. I was actually out for that game. I was uh, I tore my ACL. That's right. The third game. So you remember that's when you had uh, mm. we're down to like our fifth back. So that's right. I was a spectator, just you know, on the sideline. Um, it was it was really surreal. Like you thought the game was over. I, I wish I could have been a part of it. That's the only regret I have for that game, uh, yeah. not being there. But that was that was pretty crazy, man. To see that. Yeah. So how crazy, you know, Albert? Beyond that game, like you were just hitting on. I mean, going down to the fifth string running back with Sam Brownlee carrying the load, mm-hmm. and um, you know, coming into the season, but how strange was that behind the scenes for that position group to, you know, it's just, I mean, to be to be that far down on the depth chart and to have the injury bug hit like it did. The weirdest thing ever because we went down back to back to back weeks. I'm like, ah, it was that's how it says says so much for the rest of our team and those guys stepping up and getting the job done. We went more to a shorter, quick game, um, get the ball out quick, and Drew did his thing. Receivers and you know we always have tight ends. They kind of you know, dominated mm-hmm. and did what they did, but I was like, geez, they wanna they want a big ten without a run game. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they won a big ten, um, because that season was so full of highs and lows. A lot of people forget mm-hmm. kind of the well, I don't know what they call it, the debacle in the desert. You know, Arizona went down to Arizona State and they just wow. laid the wood. And I mean, you know, and then the oh, season opener with Michigan, they, you know, fought hard but lost and things just it was just crazy to keep losing running backs. And still come back and win the Big Ten that yeah. season. I mean, have you ever experienced anything like that in, in the rest of your career as far as Never. kind of against the odds or Never. It says we're deep. <laughs> deep enough to <laughs> I mean that just to be able to get through that and because we we just we changed our identity then. Um and you know, that show you know, people were able to see what Drew could do. Yeah. And that was gonna be my next question. Was Drew it was Drew's first year as a starter? Did you see a lot of changing him throughout the season or was it just the same drew all the way through as he uh, got more experience or, you know, what was he, he like? Well, you knew drew came in, you know, throwing for all those yards in high school. So, mm-hmm. but you could see his confidence growing and you could see the beast growing and, um, 
he was just a great leader for us. Um, Albert, out of all your all the bowl games that you played in, what did you feel like was the most memorable? Um, I was able to go to the the Outback Bowl as well because, like I said, I got sucked in that Capital One Bowl. Went on the Outback Bowl trip with the Phantom offsides call there at the end of the game. One of the greatest, I feel like, comebacks in Iowa football history that we made storming back into that one. Um, what were some, what are some of your best uh, bowl game memories? Because you really played in some pretty memorable Iowa bowl games. Mm, it, it would be that game. It would be that one that sticks out the most. Um, then Alamo. I wish we we should have won that one, but yeah. um, it, it would be that Outback game and the, the onside kick, and then obviously the LSU one. But uh, I am playing that one, so it would be yeah. that Outback bowl game. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you know, take that one step back, Albert. You know, you had your uh, was it two thousand five? I believe you had the. Uh, you know, that was your year with the 1,334 yards rushing that year. What what was some of your biggest memories that season? I mean, did you just games that maybe you felt like it was just – it was going to happen all day? Or, you know, what were some of your best memories that year? Man, everything – just everything was clicking just between the the front line and what they were doing and our receivers who were a good block. And then I, I just – from a running back standpoint, I take pride in – the run, you know, the zone scheme and understanding what's going on. So I was in sync with the offensive line who, who were, who were fantastic. And I've really just had to do my job. It, it, it was just like being a coach. Now we ran zones, the zone scheme, how it's supposed mm-hmm. to be ran. That's why that worked. It wasn't just me killing it. It was, no, I was in sync with my offensive line and we all had a tempo that, just worked and teams couldn't stop it and over time yeah our line is going to wear on you and I wasn't going to miss any reads so that's why that 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 was so successful you know speaking of that offensive line uh pull us into what it was like uh to play with Brian Ferentz we've had a lot of exposure to him obviously as the offensive coordinator and working with the offensive line as a as a coach at Iowa but what what kind of teammate was Brian Ferentz you could you could tell he was going to be a coach. He he, he knew you know he was um, he 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 was very dialed in. So he was definitely like a coach on the field. So it, you know it makes sense that he's a coach now. Um, he we knew the protections were going to be set correct, and he was he had those guys in line up front, and uh, you know I love playing with the guy. So uh, taking the offensive lineman the next step further, 2006, I believe it was, did you feel like Marshall Yonda actually killed that Iowa State defensive player on that reverse? Yeah. Yeah. Marshall was was nasty, man. His game was nasty. Uh, And, yeah, him, man. He's a Hall of Famer, too. Wow. And I I still feel for that poor guy when he comes back around on that and Marshall just lays into him. I mean, it's – I mean, you really did. You felt for that guy, but I can't imagine on the field what that had to have, uh, what that had to have felt like, just because it had to resonate clear to the sidelines as hard as he hit him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just teeing off on him. That's what he does. Oh, at the Illinois game that season, we're in Champaign and we're tailgating. We look over and like the very next spot next to us was Marshall Yonda's family. So of course, it's like just you know a few games after that had happened, and his sister was super cool. And she was like, yeah, agents won't leave him alone now. Like, they're calling the house nonstop after he laid that Iowa State player out. Like, he totally made, he made a name for himself that day. Mm-hmm. 
So taking it further than to the 2007 season, I know it was kind of disappointing. Well, it was disappointing. Sorry, but yeah. probably no kind of. But, you know, you had some names on the O-line that eventually became bigger, but they were just young at the time. And I mean, you know, I'll go ahead. No, go ahead. No, yeah, I just I, you know, I know where you're getting that because but, that's what I when I said when I watched them all, that's what I said. Because I was just gonna yeah, say I had them you, all when they were pups. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you ever was there a part of you after you graduated, after you left that said, you know, uh, just the timing was off. I wish I could have played another year or two behind those guys, or you just kind of understood that's the way it was. That, looking back, that's just where it was, I guess, how it ended up recruiting wise. Cause who who do we have? Balaga up there. Yep. Um, Vandevelde. Van, Van Vandevelde, Eubanks. Van, all of them. Yeah. They were youngins. Uh, it was it was Tom Bush and myself. We're the – Tom Bush. Oh, there's state, eight statesmen on the team. We only had two seniors on the offense that year. <laughs> oh. yes. uh, you know, as we've talked a lot of, to the guys um, that we've interviewed, you know, from the last 20, 22 years, though, I mean, you know, what is it you think – and maybe even in your coaching, what is it that you mainly take to take with you – from the Iowa program and your time at Iowa, you know, are there philosophies that you utilize with your kids and that you learned at Iowa that you, you know, you continue to kind of use with your, with the guys that you're coaching? Main thing is repetition, repetition, repetition. Everyone wants that instant gratification in the work you do. You know, even kids think after they get a few good reps, that's enough. You're done. Yeah. Just think about Iowa. Going in every week, I knew we are doing inside, outside zone all day. It's just how we're doing it, and are you going to stop us from doing it? Mm. Um, that's what I learned. Having an athletic arrogance when it – for me, at least from an offensive perspective, having an arrogance, athletic arrogance in the run game, mm-hmm. that's what I take from there and just being fundamentally sound, being consistently born. Um, and that's – what I take from the Iowa program. Albert, whether it be your time at Iowa or your time in the NFL, who was that maybe one or two guys that when they hit you, it hit a little harder. They were machines. You touched on it a little bit earlier in the interview, but guys that just, you were, you know, I'm not saying you were ever like afraid to get hit by anyone ever, but there's gotta be a couple guys out there that you're like, Oh man, not you. It was uh, Jasper Brinkley in Minnesota. He played linebacker um, at South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And j- just for some reason, like it, during past pros, he was so top-heavy somehow. Like no matter what, like every, he, he'll get you. Like you might still – you're going to still block him, but every time he hits you, it was a brick yeah. coming. So Jasper Brinkley comes to mind. Um, and, I'm, and I don't mean necessarily like – Big hit, wow, no, it's just every time he hit you, you felt all his weight. Yeah. So that I would say him, um, that that's one that really sticks out. Then all the big guys, Pat Williams, you know, ran into his stomach, and I was like running into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like what, it's like when I run, in, run into you, Jerry, though, that was abs. You, you got a gut, you got a gut that's like ironclad like <laughs> but it's solid as that like there is guys like that that i don't understand yeah. like they have the gut but if you hit it it's like steel yeah yeah so he reminds me of that yeah <laughs> so. 
All right, Adam, are you ready to play a little bit of a name game with Albert if he's willing to do it? All right. Yeah. All right, ready so to go, Albert. This is this is this is important stuff here. It's serious stuff. I mean, uh, there might be a quiz at the end of the uh, at the end of the interview here, but um, mm-hmm. we you know we usually do this and we throw out a name and we kind of, we just ask for your first kind of word or phrase that comes to mind when you hear these names. And for you, we're just going to do it. We're going to specialize because you went against these guys in practice every day. We're going to throw some Iowa defensive names out at you that you uh-huh. pra- that you would have to practice against. So make it a little bit more interesting. So, uh, and some of these guys may have been younger. Some of them may have been older, but we'll, we'll go here. So the first name, what we've got is Pat Angerer. Exactly what his name is. He played angry um, and tenacious. <laughs> uh, Matt Roth. Dog. Uh, so underrated. Yeah. yeah. So underrated. Yeah. All right. This one's going to throw a little bit of a, a, a twist on it, but let's go with Etior Ewan, the Big E. Me and Big E, are t- you know, me and Big E did a lot of rehab together. Big E, I would say resilient, man. So resilient and, and just a hard worker. So it's no surprise to see all the success he's having now. F- to see his personality like that? Yeah. That's a surprise. That's yeah, surprise because he was really quiet in college. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did, so it's good. Did Did you catch him as the guest picker this year on the uh, on the Iowa pregame when he was on? Or mm-hmm. yep, I see him. Big E's Big E's still somebody you can reach out to, and you know he'll hook it up with WWE tickets stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, if, well, if you notice, Adam's eyes light up. Adam's a big WWE guy, so we had to yeah. make sure that we included him in, the, included him in this. So, and Jerry, it's AEW. <laughs> I'm done with WWE. I've had it. <laughs> oh, it's AEW. I'm sorry. That tells you how wow. much I know about it. So, come on. And, and, I, and my apologies to Biggie. I may have even mispronounced his name, but I was doing it for Adam. So. Say Biggie, man. It's Brandon now, man. The Biggie. So, all right, Mitch King. Stout. All right. Stout. Okay. Grid. Yeah. All right. Then the last one we're going to throw at you was ended up being a pro teammate, I believe, Chad Greenway. Freak athlete. Really? Chad is very dynamic for a linebacker, you know, because he's got the power. He just, he's really good. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good. Well, you know, go spend a decade in the NFL for the same team. That tells how good you got to be, especially these days, if a team wants to keep you that long. Mm-hmm. So, yep. All right. Well, that concludes our name game. See, I, I think we got through it pretty pain free. So, uh, unless all right. you had, unless you had some PTSD from some of the hits you took from those guys. You forget, <laughs> you, you, sometimes you question if you took too many. <laughs> Yeah, no, oh, sure. You just go. <laughs> well, Albert, man, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to come yeah. on here with us. Couple of idiots, we appreciate it. <laughs> we uh, had, had fun, man. Appreciate oh. it. Yeah, we had a blast talking to you and catching up, seeing what you have going on. And sounds like right. life is good. Things are going great, and we just want to thank you for everything you did as a Hawkeye. All the great memories, hitting all those gaps, going for all those big <laughs> runs. And we just want to wish you nothing but success in the future. All right. Good luck to y'all as well, man. Hey, thanks, Albert. We always end with the Go Hawks. All right. right, Go Hawks. Go Go Hawks. Hawks.